Well, hello and welcome to the podcast. Hey, if this is your first time here, I'm so glad you showed up. Maybe somebody shared a link with you or I don't know, maybe you just stumbled upon it. Um, I'm so glad that you are here. And if you listen all the time, uh, welcome back. I'm so glad uh, that you're a part of this community here on my podcast. Uh, My goal of this podcast is to help grow your faith and to help equip you to accomplish your dreams and your goals. And today we are going to be talking about a confidence boost. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I go through times where I feel like I am so in my power, like in my strength, like I was created for this. I was born for this. I was made for this. Um, If you were our generation's pastor, uh, she's always talking about how we are built for this. Um, I go through times like that where I feel so good, like so aligned in my calling. And then there's other times where I'm like, Lord, am I even called to this? I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I feel like a fraud. I feel like I should just quit. And in all the years of ministry that I've had, I can say that the one constant thing that has always shown up in my life is the want to quit. I have a desire to quit. I will say that I think it's always underlying at some level. Um, Sometimes it's like a level 10 and then other times um, it's a little bit better, but I definitely struggle with it all the time. Um, The voice in my head telling me, that I should quit. And I know that you probably battle the same thing. You have uh, times where it's screaming and then there's times where it's just a gentle whisper. And so in today's podcast, we're going to talk about um, how do we get confidence? You know, how do we get to the confident life that God's called us to live? And I think before we quit, you know, whenever the enemy's telling us to quit, uh, there's five questions um, that I consider whenever I'm thinking about quitting. Uh, these are the five questions I ask myself. And uh, I can't tell you how many times I have written up my resignation letter to the church <laughs> um, after a hard week or uh, maybe a weekend that didn't go the way I wanted it to go. Or um, I gave a message that I felt like God told me to do, but I just, in my insecurity, um, just feel like I am terrible and I need to resign. I have written a resignation letter so many times. Um, and I always consider these five questions um, before I actually quit. And so I hope that they encourage you too. And so the first question I ask myself is this, if I quit, will my life get any better? Because what the enemy wants to do in those moments where we want to quit is he taunts us with the belief or the notion that if we just quit doing this, um, our life will get better. And here's the truth is that if I quit, I know the answer. Like if I quit, things won't get better. In fact, it's opposite. Um, If I quit, they are actually going to get worse. See, the devil won't back off the minute that you take your foot off the accelerator, the minute that you decide that you're going to back away from your God call, God destiny. In fact, if anything, he will just send more demonic influences uh, into your life to torment and oppress you. And so I ask myself that all the time. If I were to quit, would my life really get better? Like if I were to quit and walk away from all of this that um, God's called me to do, um, would my life get better? And every single time the answer is no. Number two, um, if I quit, what will I go back to? 
What will I go back to? My favorite uh, passage of scripture is found in John chapter 6. And in John chapter 6, Jesus gives this uh, really great message that wasn't great at all because your Bible says that thousands of people left him that day. And he looks at his disciples and he asks them a question, are you going to leave also? And Peter's words always like penetrate my heart. And he says, Lord, to where else would we go and to whom else would we follow? Your words are the words of eternal life. And the reason why I love that is because Peter knew that if he wasn't following Jesus, he's going to follow somebody else. And that if he wasn't doing this, he was going to go back to some other kind of life. And before you quit, before you walk away, you have to ask yourself, what is it that I'm going to go back to? Because you will return to something. And I don't know about you, but I remember my life before Jesus. I remember uh, what I was doing, what uh, my life looked like. I remember my mental state. I remember all of it. And it was nothing good. It was not a life that I want to return to. And that is what Peter is saying. He's like, Lord, I remember when you found me, I was just washing my nets. I was there. I was broken. I was looking for answers. I don't have anything to go back to. And I think all of us, before we quit, before we actually walk away, we have to ask ourselves, what is it that we're going to go back to? Is that the kind of life that we want to return to? Number three, is this what I want to be written of me? Is quitting, is this what I want to be written of me? If my kids look back or the people that I'm leading when they tell the story of my life, because at some point, um, all of us will have people sitting around recalling and remembering our life. And I don't want it to be said of me that she quit, that she went a good distance, she went a good way, but she fell away and fell short. Is this what you want to be written of you? Is that you backed away? Is this what you want written of you? Is that you did a few good years, but then you uh, let yourself uh, succumb to the pressure and fall under um, the pressure uh, to quit or popular opinion or whatever it is? Um, I think none of us want that to be the story of our life. Number four is, what will I say to the Lord? Ultimately, we're going to stand before God, right? And we're going to give an account for our life. And I always think about in quitting is, God, have you released me from this? Because I don't want to stand before him on judgment day and him say, Crystal, why did you quit? Because what's funny is the reasons that we have to quit, I think that God would laugh at. You know, we one day will tell the Lord, Lord, I really wanted to quit. And God's like, really? The person that uh, wore the crown of thorns, the person who had a spear stuck in his side, the Lord of Lords who hung and died a, a terrible death, a bearing upon him himself the whole sin of the world he's going to look at us and say really that financial difficulty that popular opinion the rejection the betrayal that was so great that you wanted to quit I did that so many times over and I don't want to look at the Lord and tell him that on the day of judgment I want to be found faithful I love one of the things that Jesus said to his disciples is when the Lord returns uh, will he find faith still in the earth and I want it to be said of me that I'm of that company of people that's still holding fast to the message of faith, that I didn't quit, that I didn't waver, that I didn't tap out when things got hard. I didn't leave when other people left. I didn't let uh, the opinions of others or the results of what God told me to do uh, determine if I was going to stay loyal and faithful to what he has called me to. The fifth question is, is what will I say to the people I am accountable to? If I quit, uh, what am I going to say to the people 
that I am accountable to. I will just say that I think that all of us need people that scare us, uh, that we're accountable to, people that we know are going to call us higher, people that uh, when we call them to tell them, hey, I I walked away from this or I fell short, that it makes us kind of nervous because I will just say that if I had to call my pastor tomorrow and, and tell him that I'm quitting and I'm walking away, that makes me scared. Um, it makes me scared to do that. It brings a sense of accountability that he's not going to allow me to quit. And I think a lot of us live lives where we're not submitted to anybody. We're not held accountable to anybody. And because of that, the minute that things get hard, the minute that things get difficult, we don't go to the person that's holding us accountable. The person that's holding accountable is ourselves because we've never submitted ourselves to any kind of leadership. And that's not what the Lord would want for best for us. I love in John 10, 10, Jesus tells us that he came that we might have life and life more abundantly. And what the devil wants for us is that we would just settle for mediocre living, that we would settle for just life that's just good enough, that we're just barely getting by. And Jesus could have stayed in heaven if he wanted us to have a mediocre life, but he didn't. And that's why he came. He came for us to have the abundant life that he has died for us to have. But in that journey of getting everything that God's called us to, it's going to be just that, a journey. And many times along the way, we're going to want to quit. We're going to want to throw in the towel. In fact, even in Paul's letters to the churches, there's many times that you can hear him say he's he's pressed between the two to die is gain, but to be here is to continue to advance uh, God's purpose in the earth. We're going to have that struggle in our life, right? The, the tension of wanting to quit. But even when we want to quit, even when we want to throw it in, uh, we got to find a way to be confident back in what God's called us to. And that's what we're talking about today. Uh, I love this scripture in Hebrews 10, uh, 35 and 36. It says this, Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. There's a few things I want you to get out of this scripture. Uh, Number one, I want you to see that confidence is a choice. Confidence is a choice. We don't just happen upon confidence. It isn't isn't something, unfortunately, that just shows up in our life, right? Uh, Even though sometimes it feels like it's there and sometimes it's not, it's actually a choice. Paul is letting us know here. I'm sorry, not Paul, but the author of Hebrews is letting us know that uh, confidence is a choice. Just like you make a choice of what you're going to put on. And the choice of what you're going to wear every day is based on the circumstances, the weather, uh, the different environments that you're going to walk into. In fact, uh, you wouldn't dress the same as a dinner out with your friends as you would when you're going into the gym, right? Much different uh, mindset for both. But what if we looked at our confidence that way? Instead of just saying, well, I feel insecure today. I feel worthless. I feel hopeless. I feel this. What if we made the choice of, hey, today I'm going to put on confidence. I'm going to hold fast. I'm not going to throw away my confidence. I'm not going to allow what people have said about me. I'm not going to allow my performance. I'm not going to allow the opinions of others to begin to encroach upon the confidence that God has for me. I love in Ephesians 2, 6, uh, it tells us that we are seated now with Christ in heavenly places. 
And we did a community group this summer um, with a friend of mine, Emily, and it was so good. And she was talking about us being seated in heavenly places and what are the implications of that. And as she talked about it, she uh, put us through an activation of us just thinking about that and meditating uh, what it is to be seated in heavenly places. And I began to realize that everything negative that I experience in this life is all held up when I'm letting the earthly realm be more real to me than being seated with Christ. Because when I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places, I have all the confidence I need. I have all the strength I need. I have all the hope I need. But when I begin to allow what's happening in the earthly realm, begin to define and shape what God is going to do next, I begin to be filled with worry, anxiousness, depression. Um, All these things begin to come on the inside of me. And I began to think about this verse of do not throw away your confidence. I want to ask you, where did you stop allowing God to define your expected end? Where, at what point did you start deciding that the enemy is going to define what's going to happen next to you? Because when you allow the enemy to define what's going to happen in your life or other people define what's going to happen in your life, then you're throwing away your confidence. And that is not God's will. It's a choice. Confidence is a choice. Insecurity, though, is also a choice. Hopelessness is a choice. Um, Us making the choice to let ourselves, to allow what the enemy has happening to us to change what we see God doing for us. Number two, a confidence brings the reward. It says, do not throw away your confidence. And, and the Amplified, it says, do not fling away your fearless uh, confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. In other words, I am not going to get the reward that God has for my life without holding on to the confidence that God has for me. In other words, what I believe about God doing in my life, that confidence I get, the assurance I get from him and the assurance I get of who I am in Christ, I'm not going to be able to accomplish everything that God's called me to do without it. The writer of Hebrews is quoting a Habakkuk 2.3 and it says the vision awaits for an appointed time though it tarry wait for it God is letting us know here that perseverance is is key it is crucial um, to us being able to do what God has called us to do uh, I heard a preacher talk about recently and I thought this was so good that if you were to hold a bottle of water out straight in front of you and you sat there and you if somebody asked you to do it it wouldn't be a big deal for just a little while But as time goes on, that bottle of water is going to get heavier the longer that you have to carry it. The longer that you're holding it straight out in front of you, a few minutes is no big deal. But when those minutes turn into hours, now it's going to become painful. The smallest of weight seems super heavy. And and here in this scripture, he's telling us not to fling away your confidence. You know why he's telling you this? It's because the longer the journey goes on, the harder it is to be confident. The more difficult it is to hold fast to the confidence of who God says he is and what he will say he will do. And and I found in my life that I am the most confident that God's going to do something right after he speaks it. When God speaks something to my heart in a quiet time or maybe in a message or I have a powerful encounter with the Lord in a time of worship, I'm so confident. It's so light. It's so easy to carry. But the longer the 
the time goes on, the heavier that thing becomes. The more difficult it is to not fling it away. The more difficult it is for me to continue holding on to it. See, perseverance is not fun at all. It, it isn't a glamorous trait, but I'll say that it's so important. It's vital if we're going to be able to accomplish everything God's called us to accomplish. When I ran my first half marathon, I ran it with a pace setter, and I ran it with a pace setter because I knew that me and my own self, um, I wouldn't be able to pace myself well uh, for the the totality of the race. And so what a pace setter does is is they literally set the pace for you. So as you're going up hills, they know the pace that you need to run uh, to get you to the time that you want to, to finish. And they back off your pace and have you run slower, have you run faster. And the wild part about running half marathon is there was a lot of people who wanted a pace setter, just like me. And we started out and we had about 30 people in our group. And it was myself and a friend of mine. And and here we are and we're running. And what's crazy is uh, about mile one, some of that group decided that they could run faster than our pace setter. So they sprinted on ahead of us and there was others that began to linger away and and drop off. And some got uh, stopped at a water station and then never picked back up again. But what was crazy is around mile 10, uh, we began to find all those people who sprinted ahead of us now we're walking. They were completely out of energy. They couldn't run any longer. And it was such a beautiful picture to me of what happens in the spiritual. I think if we're not careful, we are so good at starting out fast for God, right? Like we get this God dream, this God vision, this God purpose on our lives. And we are so full of confidence. We're so excited. But as the journey goes on, we sprint ahead. And if we're not careful, we get ahead of Christ. We get ahead and we start to think that we can do it without him. And before long, we run out of the energy, the stamina um, that will actually help us finish the race. See, the pace setter, they thought at that moment, they thought they could go faster. They thought they knew more. They thought they were more equipped. And I think about this whenever we're on this journey that God's called us to um, be on. See, without the confidence in Christ, the confidence that comes from him and him alone, I will either A, drop out too soon, or B, I'll get ahead of God and completely wear myself out. And neither one are the things that God wants for us. Uh, The next thing that I want to show you out of this, and this is the last one, is that confidence comes when we remember. Our confidence comes when we remember. Um, All throughout uh, the New Testament, we see this reoccurring theme. In fact, it happens in Hebrews 10, uh, 38, right after this passage of scripture we just read. It says, but the just shall live by faith. And he goes on and says that if you if you draw back and shrink in fear, my soul has no delight or pleasure in him. What's interesting is, is the author of Hebrews here is quoting Habakkuk 2.4 that lets us know that the righteous shall live by faith. In Romans 1.17, it tells us again that the righteous shall live by faith. In Galatians 3.11, it tells us the righteous shall live by faith. It is though the author of the New Testament is letting us know that this 
journey that we are called to be on is not going to be one that we're going to be able to see. We cannot live our lives defined by what we see or what's happening or um, whether the door opened or closed in our life, whether the promotion happened or didn't happen, that the righteous, that God's people are called to live by faith. And to do this, uh, we look back in faith and we look up in faith. And this causes us to live by faith. Here we have the most famous passage of scripture that is about to happen in Hebrews chapter 11. Might it just be said that this was not written uh, broken up by verses and chapters as we read today. And, and so you've got a picture that the author of Hebrews is letting them know, do not fling away your confidence because it will bring you a reward. When you per persevere and you've done the will of God, you will be rewarded and the just shall live, the righteous shall live by faith and it tells us now this is now this faith is the, the evidence of things unseen right he goes into this whole writing about all the greats in Hebrews chapter 11 we see the hall of faith if you will and all of a sudden the author of Hebrews is talking to us about Abraham and Sarah and all these amazing men and women of God telling us one by one their amazing stories in other words when we remember all that God has done, when we recall the faithfulness of God, we can't help but be strengthened. We need to remember how God has helped us in the past. And the writer of Hebrews held up the church stones of remembrance. One by one, each stone told them two things. Number one, God's faithfulness and the strength that had been theirs when they trusted them. He let them know here in all through Hebrews that God has been faithful. And as we remember God's faithfulness, there's strength available to us. And all of us have memories of that. All of us have in our minds the highlight reels of God's goodness, and we need to replay those memories often. In fact, I will say this, it's a divine duty for us to remember. And, and I think whenever we do that, we're able to respond to our present with being confident. We're able to respond to our present of God, you have been faithful and you will continue to be faithful. One of my favorite songs, I love this line so much. It's a song by Elevation and it's called, I Will Look Up. And he says in the song, I will look back and see that you are faithful. I look ahead, believing you are able, Jesus, Lord of all. So maybe you clicked into this podcast and you're needing some confidence. Can I encourage you today to look back and see that he's been faithful? Can I encourage you just like the writer of Hebrews did, uh, that he implored them to not let go, to not fling away their confidence. In other words, it's going to be a choice. But then he also pushed them on further and letting them know that it's going to take perseverance. You're, you're not going to get this quick. It's going to take some time. But what I love is the step further is announcing that, you know what? Every single step along the way, we've seen God be faithful time and time again. Can you remind yourself today of the goodness of God? Can you remind yourself that he has been, he will be, and he will continue to be faithful? 
faithful in your life. Those five questions that we did at the front, I think will encourage you. Uh, take some time looking at those. If you would like to, grab a couple friends and you guys talk about this podcast together. I think something powerful happens uh, when we begin to talk about it. And I know for me and my own life, when I've wanted to quit and I've thought about quit, quitting, because you can think about quitting all day long. Um, you can plan to quit. You can write up your resi- resignation letter. But at the end of the day, you just don't quit. You keep going and you keep being faithful to the things that God's put in your hand because we believe that we'll be richly rewarded when we do. So, hey, I hope you got something out of this podcast. Um, If you would, uh, share it with your friends. Share it with somebody that you know. Send a text message. Just take a few seconds and share it. If you've never rated my podcast, can you take a moment and do so? It helps other people find me. And then, as always, you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook. I try to post things that help you and help encourage you and uh, just inspire you as you're on this journey of faith. So with all that said, let's do something awesome for God this week.